Shelf Pleasure contains strong language and descriptions of sexual acts and violence. It is intended for mature audiences, and listener discretion is advised. Additional themes may be discussed that listeners find triggering, and we encourage all listeners to check the episode descriptions for content warnings to decide if this podcast is right for you. Hey there, smut mongers. You are listening to Shelf Pleasure, an unfiltered podcast about books featuring ye old rumpity pumpity, the hunka chunka, the creamy dreamy. <laughs> Alex, all of that was for you. You can't tell us shit you hate and then, you know, not have us do anything with it. So yeah, that was we, a fun little. We hope uh, you enjoy. <laughs> we love a ball bust. <laughs> we um, I'm, we're always team a ball bust. And that was for our friend Alex, who. Very kindly listens to all yes. of all of our shit. So truly, uh, he needed to be shouted out here. And we um, paid him back by fully busting his balls. Being the assholes that we are. Yeah. Yes. And also hurting me a little in the process. I'm it sorry. Was. It's okay. <laughs> well, I... I I will sacrifice. I will suffer for a good ball bust, for, uh, for and for a good friend. Yes. So we are your hosts, Kelsey and Krista, and this episode is a very special part one of two, where we tackle our first why choose romance. So today we are going to be covering chapters one to thirty-three of *Den of Vipers* by K.A. Knight, and then on September eighth, we will have part two, which is chapters thirty-four through seventy, ready for your ears. And fun fact, this yeah. is actually the second time we're recording this. Yeah, I was going to say, this is a very, very special episode because we have to weirdly basically travel back in time and re-record part one because our editing system deleted all the goddamn files. We, oh. we fully jinxed ourselves, I think, when we... When we said, oh, we made it through Den of Vipers. And we'll never have thought, to, we never have to talk about this book ever again. The universe said, hold my beer. Yeah. So, uh, before we begin, do we have any editor's notes from the marriage contract? <laughs> yes. I have an editor's note, which is that this time I was wrong and you were right. <laughs> <laughs> um, you were right when I thought it was that Teague had a Pogues tattoo, but he has a, it was a Pogues t-shirt, so. Okay, but to be fair, it was written in a vague enough way that when you said he has a Pogues tattoo, I thought, oh, that also tracks. Like, could she, have, It says, like, she, like, it was, like, lifted up, so it wasn't that vague. I just, uh, I, sometimes, I'm like, oh, distracted by abs. I mean. <laughs> Apparently. That's. I know that. I know that too well. So um, I feel like before we really dive into the story too, we should just stop and say we always give a content warning at the top of the episode. But this book in particular <laughs> is is pretty dark and has a lot of not just not just the explicit sex that we're really all here for, but a lot of really gratuitous violence and a lot really of like gratuitous pretty violence. toxic interpersonal relationships too. So please take care of yourself first and decide if this is a good episode for you. Yeah, it's like every content warning that you could yes, I, ever put in a book or piece of fiction, like, should go, probably goes in this book. And I would hate to cause harm to anyone listening to this. So please take care of yourself. If it's not for you, that is totally fine. We we wish you all the best. And we will see you on an episode or for a book that better suits your needs. Yes. 
Um, and I, I feel like this time we're also going to give a content warning for our own, like what this podcast will entail. Yeah. Because if you loved this book, yeah. even if you just liked this book and you want to hold on to that, you're not probably going to want to hear all of what we have to say because I will just be frank and say this is the lowest I have ever rated a book ever. So yeah, I'm, I will not mince words. I fucking hated this book. <laughs> I My review of it, spoiler alert, is that I said it was the worst book I've ever read in my entire life. So if you so, don't want to so listen. if you don't want us to shatter your joy. Or critically which is fine, engage which is with fine. this text. Yeah, we, we totally understand. I'm not here to yuck your yum. And when we say, read what you love and fuck the rest, the rest includes us. Yeah, we are the rest. So <laughs> I think we have some really fair criticisms. But if you want to hold on to your love of this and would rather not hear two people shit on them for a long time because the book episodes. is so big. For two episodes. That, that is okay. I, Again, we'll see you at another at another chapter in this. It's yes. totally fine. Um, and then I guess it goes without saying, we're going to get into all the dirty details on this. So if you haven't finished the book or you're not up to chapter 34 yet, then turn back now because we are we're not there skipping anything. Ahead. Yes, yeah. <laughs> we're here for you when you're ready, babes. But we're. We're going to jump into things. Because there's so much. There's so, so much. There is. And I guess to kick off the story, we should kind of frame up Den of Vipers is a why choose romance, but it's also a dark romance. And I think this is the first why choose that I, at least I recall reading. It's very memorable for a lot of reasons. So it could also be that. But I do love a why choose setup. Um, I, I do as well. I'm... I think this is our first why choose of the podcast. It was not my first why choose ever. Um, what was your first uh, one? Oof, I don't know. It might have been, which is now going to be Court of the Vampire Queen by Katie Robert. Oh. But what was um, the Bloodline Vampire series? That might have been my first why choose, which was not that long ago. Well, we're going to be covering that during spooky season. So. I'm very ex- I'm so excited tuned. for that one because that book is... Um, like ninety five percent smut. <laughs> There's so much smut. I'm so say excited. less. It's so fun. Say less. So don't don't get me on another Katie Robert tangent. That's not what we're here for. No, no. So we're not here for joy today. In this we're particular, here for pain. <laughs> yes. In this particular setup, we have the Vipers: Ryder, Kenzo, uh, Diesel, and Garrett, and they're all a very rich and powerful and also very buff collection of mobsters. They're all just so hot. And they are going to be the hottest of the hot. They're so bad. The baddest guys. They run this town. They run this. You know, my favorite (laughs) phrase. We run this town. There's no phrase. I think in literature, I like to rip apart more than when like a mafia romance is like, we run, someone's like, we run this town. I'm like, I'm going to chronologically list all the ways that you don't run this town. (laughs) Challenge accepted. (laughs) I love this. Uh, So these dudes are going to be collecting a debt from a man who decides to settle by selling his daughter off to them. And this is the daughter that he has abused and at least physically, but also possibly sexually. I don't think it was super clear. No, there's just like one moment in the book that it's like question mark 
which I, to be fair, he's a piece of shit, so I wouldn't have put it past him. Yeah, no, but it wasn't real bad. Really, like physically abusive. It was very explicit that he was. The other, the there may or may not have been a sexual component there, but in any case, she received emancipation from him at seventeen, and now this woman's like twenty four and a legal adult. So how does he sell her? I have no idea. I've seen some other dark romances. Fiction. It's fiction, baby, I guess. Yes, yes. <laughs> but, I, but I've read other dark romances where, like, someone buys a woman's inheritance or something, mm-hmm. like, attached to her person to settle a debt, which maybe also that doesn't make sense. But in my mind, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, you bought, you bought someone's something. You didn't buy the person. You bought a thing that they are legally attached to, and that's how that kind of is framed up. But these dudes just take her. They're just, yeah. they're here to collect the body, not, yeah, it's a weird, not way. an amount it's, of it's money. It's a weird way to just get to a kidnapping. <laughs> right. So the woman in question is Roxanne, no last name. And she describes herself in the following way. I take more time with my makeup, applying my signature red lipstick, dark liner, and eyeshadow, making my brown eyes pop. Some call me a typical rocker chick. Fuck, I even have the piercings to go along with the tats and makeup. My sister and smut. It hurts me. I fucking can't. I I can't with this bitch. I cannot. How many times now have I had to live through that quote? (laughs) I... It sets me up. Okay. It's so crazy. It's it's just the... uh, The textbook definition of a pick-me girl yes she's not like other girls roxy owns a bar she wears kick-ass boots which i think are they doc martens i assume they're doc martens um she has tattoos she has a clip piercing she wears dark makeup she doesn't care about money she just wants to drink beer and ride dick and all of these (laughs) things that almost i was like i feel like that could be a quote from the book uh it basically is at one point i'm pretty sure i was gonna say spoilers i'm pretty sure it is because i think that's why i'm sure she said something about like dying riding she's gonna go out the way she lived riding a dick or something yeah so all all of those attributes are fine independently if you're not using them to put down other women but that's what she does constantly and that's that's what the men do constantly it's like everyone in the book is it's just reading a long-winded gaslight of just females as a whole it's fucking unbearable like i it's painful i i hate to just immediately like shred this main character but it's the way that she weaponizes the things that she thinks makes her cool and then whole and and then in a totally hypocritical way critiques other women who have the same attributes as her yeah it's just it's really like it's almost like you're just reading this someone's delusion that's expanded onto these other people because they'll like the guys will go on about how like Roxy's the most beautiful woman they've ever seen in their entire life. And she's just so naturally beautiful with her silver hair. Like she's a fucking Targaryen. (laughs) And then also they're like, Oh, all these other women with their plastic surgery and their caked on makeup. And she literally has a nice natural smoky eye with a red lip. (laughs) Like, give me a break. Just yeah, give me, I, like some self awareness, please. It's, again, it's fine to to have those things and yeah. to like those things, to love like a red lip or a dark, like a dramatic eye. But like, don't use it as a weapon against other women. That's fucked. Yeah, like you invented red lipstick and like copywrote it so no one else could use it, but people are doing it despite you. Like, I also had to look up is K Knight a pen name for a dude? 
was this written by a dude? I had it that would explain a couple of things as well. Um, I I started no almost offense to our dude friends, yeah. But uh, uh, surprisingly, no. It's Katie Knight. I, I feel like at oh, some woman. point I started spinning off into like wild conspiracy theories about <laughs> yeah. Katie Knight that I was like, I was like, I'm, I know I'm, I'm spiraling right now. Like, get a grip, Krista. <laughs> yeah, because Roxy is truly unbearable, and I thought, God, a, a woman couldn't have written this woman, right? But alas, she did. But she didn't leave Roxy alone as being the only unbearable character. Uh, because <laughs> four men, yes, and these boys send a goon squad over to her bar, Roxers, to collect her. And can we just have a quick moment that Roxers is the stupidest fucking name for anything, let alone a bar? You know, I didn't care. Like, I, that just, I was fine with that. But I can see how it would be abrasive to your sensibilities. Yeah. It was just, uh, I that also, was the one thing that I was like, maybe I was, I had so many problems with everything else that I was like, oh, this is just so innocuous at this yeah, point. It's true. It, it is pretty, like, it's probably the least egregious thing in the book. I also am surprised that Roxy doesn't spell her name or her bar with triple X's because that would have been really on brand. I think she has two, right? Yeah, just two. Yeah. So, so there's two X's. The, this goon squad comes over to her bar. She beats the shit out of them with her trusty baseball bat. This, of course, of course, gives the Vipers boners. So they go to get her themselves after they <laughs> have this, gives like, them boners. Exactly. So after they have this, like, little leaders of the criminal underworld meeting with a member of the triad who have no names and are just the triad, uh, they go to fetch her. And we should just take a minute. To say, the triad is pretty much the only minority representation in this book, despite Kenzo being yeah, a Japanese I, yeah. name. I thought, oh, is he, is, like, do we have an Asian lead? That would be no, awesome. Definitely. No. No, because he and Ryder are brothers and they're firmly white. I think we get into it more, spoiler alert, in, in episode two, which we, again, have already recorded. Um, but, oh, God. But also, just, This just tells you a lot about where this book is going to go. Yes. And also, so... The vipers are just so tough. And oh, you, yeah. And they'd say things that are really scary, like, I will crush you like a bug, which is a literal quote. I'm pretty sure I used book. that. Threat. And they also said, No one escapes our clutches. Those are actual quotes from this book. <laughs> they're going to tie me to train tracks. Like, like they're like a cartoonish yeah, like villain. whiplash over yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> What coming to get you, Roxy? The the dialogue in this is pretty awkward. Um and the, it's it's also written with just like a myriad of like comma splices and like so run on sentences. So it I think it makes it read even more awkward because there's no natural pausing. Like it's it's just real weird. But um speaking of the vipers and the tough shit that they say, we should probably take a second because they're all about to be introduced to just differentiate between all the dudes. So, there's Ryder, and he's ice cold. Ice he's cold. in control. He loves to wear suits. He loves That's how to you work. know he's in control. Yeah, yeah. workaholic. Workaholic. Um, Kenzo is exactly like Ryder, except less cold. Uh, he likes to gamble, and Kenzo, then Kenzo is like a paper doll of Ryder, but just with a gambling outfit. Yes, it's like like with dice, like you like attach on like little tabs with some dice, and then like a a purple um button down shirt. So they're the same font, 
but Kenzo is in italics and Ryder is in bold. Yes. So, oh, and my God, he does this thing where he rolls dice across his knuckles like Jack Sparrow does with a coin in the first Pirates movie. But physically impossible. Yeah, it doesn't obey any of the laws of physics. He's also a fucking magician because we tried this at D&D to try to figure out what the hell he was doing. And it's not possible. You can, like, basically get them. They could just roll one way. And then off your hand and onto the floor because, yeah, yeah that's not. Just, like, you're not just not casually yes. doing that. So that leaves Garrett, who. Hates women. Hates women. Yep. That's that his is, number one character trait is he hates women. His number two character trait is he's a boxer, but not a pro one because he likes to hurt people too much. Uh, yeah, underground street fighting. So he does, like, underground fighting. And he has an inconsistent lip ring and highlights. I forgot about the lip ring, but the highlights, I did not because I immediately just pictured those like hideous, chunky highlights from like the 90s, early 2000s. I just Googled like chunky highlights and it was just. Oh my God, like that Kelly Clarkson album, her first album. I loved those highlights. And now I'm like, we were all a victim to these at one point. We might be aging ourselves because watch all like the youths on TikTok will tell us that we're old because those are in again. (laughs) I mean, I love that the 90s are being reclaimed, but there's a couple of things that we can just leave behind. Like the overplucked eyebrows are one of them. And and the the big chunky highlights I'm cool on. Yeah, I'm like, we suffered through them so you didn't have to learn Learn from from our our mistakes. So, so that leaves oh. your personal favorite, Diesel, <laughs> oh, which is not God. his real name, if anyone wondered. And he he is actually unhinged and doesn't wear shirts for the most part. But he's like a obsessed manic pixie. Fire. Yes, obsessed, obsessed with fire. He, and he's so like... So much so that he smells like... Um, like petrol. Yes. Like yeah. Gas- like he well, I think like that's, gas- where, like that's where the nickname gasoline. came from. And, and Which is not a hot smell. Like I like I am one of those weird people that likes the smell of gasoline, but it doesn't like get me going. I'm not like, ooh, I'm at this gas station. I'm all, hor- all horned up. <laughs> yeah. Pumping gas. Pump me up. <laughs> Fill me up. Ugh. He's basically like a manic pixie dream girl, but he likes to torture people and light them on fire. Yeah, He's a fucking nightmare. He loves he to torture people because, of course, everything gives them boners, but torture gives them boners. Fun fact about Diesel. So right before I started this book, I had a moment of panic because I said to Kel, like, I was pretty sure, like, going into it, we were like, we have to do this book. It's huge all over, like, social media. It is, like, one of the biggest yeah, of the wide shoes genre. Yeah, it's so spicy and just, like, it's very shocking. Like yes. it's like like so people a, say you read this and it's like nothing you've ever read and they're right. <laughs> but maybe not for the reason that you hope. Yeah. But so, uh, but alas. Uh, yeah. So we were firmly like, all right, cuz I had been of the mind that I was like I'm never going to read Den of Vipers. And then once we started the podcast, I was like, oof, I think we have to do Den of Vipers. Like how could we not? And I had this moment of panic right before where I was like, Kelsey, what if I love it? And then (laughs) I opened the book and the first word I saw, so I forgot like any of the character's name. I forgot that his name was Diesel. And that's the first word I saw. And I immediately just started laughing and I was like, oh, you know what? I'll be fine. Yeah. (laughs) Just maniacal laughter. Uh, Yeah. yeah, Like I fully like, I was like crying for laughter at that. I wasn't worried at all. Uh, Speaking of crying from laughter, if you were wondering... Is their last name legally Viper? 
Yes. Yes, it is. It's not a club name or a nickname. It is their legal surname, and they all use it, even though only Ryder and Kenzo are blood-related. Just, just you know, keep that in the back yeah, of your also, mind. And also, I think you don't find out that Kenzo and Ryder are actually blood-related until a good way into the book. So they all call each other brothers, but then I did have a moment where I was like, wait, are they actual, like, are any of them actually related? And it took a good bit to find out. Yes. Which comes into play later, to my great disappointment. <laughs> yes. But anyway, they show up to the bar. There's some tussling. Roxy's pretty mouthy, and she puts up a pretty decent fight against these guys. She does, but which we appreciate. As as everyone in this book says, the Vipers cannot be beat. No. And they knock her out and kidnap her. But then they pack her an overnight bag and Diesel steals her underwear because he's a fucking creeper. Yeah, I think he even tells her, like, I'm going to fucking jerk off in your panties or something yeah, real classy I'm like that. I'm pretty sure he does that, like, immediately after. Yeah. Um, and then they put her up in her own room in their sick penthouse apartment in a building that they own and use as their base of operations. Like, the whole building. Not like they just live upstairs and it's yeah. like the whole thing is theirs. And they have a bunch of weird shit in it. Um and so Roxy, when she wakes up and discovers where she is, takes takes some real time to process everything that's happened to her by going fucking ape shit on her room and just oh, like yeah. shattering mirrors and like shredding ev- like the the linens and just going absolutely bonkers. And I, I guess I have to say, at least she has fight in her. And I lid I did literally just say it, like when it came to um like Kerrigan in the marriage contract being kidnapped, me saying like, I like to see yes. a woman not just take it lying down and like, you know, really put up a fight with this shit. And here I am getting what I want, sometimes, getting what I asked for. Sometimes you regret the things that you ask for. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, technically this like, is what I asked for. It's yeah, just the like, execution like leaves a bit to be desired. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I will say that I, I will, the one nice thing, I will say about this book. It might actually be the literal one nice thing. I did appreciate that Kay Knight actually made an effort to give all of the characters distinct like looks and personalities and try to actually describe them. I know that was something I had had issue with before, but sometimes it's just, oh, hot guy. And it's very vague. Yeah. Whereas these like, they want you to fill in the blanks. Wishing characteristics. I mean, she's, you really stick to those distinguishing, like these are That's your all they thing. are. They're like a, but at least like a cardboard cutout. They're each own one thing. Yeah. So uh, after Roxy's tantrum, she falls asleep and wakes up with Diesel in bed with her, but not in like a sexual way, more like oh, a stalker. Just, yeah, creepy kind of watching. Way. A, like, although an Edward Cullen watching you sleep, but like even creepier can and, it, sight and sadistic. Can it technically be Scott stalking if he already kidnapped her though? I don't know. Oh, yeah. I, I guess. Know. I don't. Shower, shower thoughts. Uh, shower thoughts. <laughs> I don't know. Now I kind of wonder. It felt stalkery. Whether or not that is the technical definition based on the fact that she's already a kidnapping victim. <laughs> but uh, they're very thoughtful and invite her to breakfast with them the next morning. And it goes about as well as you would expect. Uh, and then Roxy decides to continue her tantrum by shredding all of rider's suits while Kenzo is supposed to be babysitting her. Yeah. And, and I, yeah, think, big, I think their big plan in kidnapping her 
that they tell her is basically that they're going to uh, fuck her and they could potentially kill her at any moment. Yeah, there's, isn't so, that like a real clear plan on what they're going to do? But she has also learned that she likes pain, so she is kind of into it because they are so hot. Yes. So, And right after this is the first time we see Garrett's chest, which is really very thickly scarred. And you know something horrible happened to him, but not what. And then, then after this, we also get to see him fight in these underground rings for the first time. And they've the deep, deep well of hate that he has for women, um, which is just great to see. Which is his... literally, it literally tells you ad nauseum. It's like, he hates only, women. He hates women. I understand why you hate women. Oh, that's why you hate women. Yes. Garrett just hates women. He just hates women. So if you don't get that Garrett hates women, I hope I just made that clear for you. <laughs> he hates women. You know what he doesn't hate? Beating the shit out of other people. No. And he never loses. None of the Vipers ever no, lose they never, anything they, in this book. They will not lose. They cannot be beat. They will win. But it makes it boring to read about. There's no stakes. You yeah. know, like, even when they're going to be fine. Yeah, like, even when you get stakes, it doesn't feel like you're really getting them. Well, it's just because, you this. know, like, they, they don't, they never actually lose anything. Um but Roxy isn't bored by that. No. So back at the apartment. Because they're hot, so who cares? Oh, God. No. She she is bemoaning her traitorous pussy for clenching at just the mere sights of these men. It doesn't stop her from trying to escape. And no. I do credit her for, again, having the fire to try to get the fuck out of there. Um, and also she crashes Ryder's car in the process, which I did think was funny. Yeah, I did because, appreciate that. Yeah, I appreciate them being put through a little bit of hell. Yeah. But they're but also no stakes. Yes. They're rich. They're just gonna buy so, another yeah. Oh yeah, they're so unnamed rich. fancy car. So no stakes in anything. Yeah. But I did appreciate that uh Roxy's constant horniness at them really matches theirs because the guys are also consistently horny all the time. Like they are just popping boners left and left right. Left and right. Like <laughs> they just have I pictured them just walking around with boners and just like bumping into each other or bumping knocking things over, like just making life <laughs> just like, like hitting coffee cups and knocking yeah, them off. Or getting getting really pissed at each other for like bumping the other with their boner and be like, oh, come on, dude. Like, keep your dick to yourself. No homo, no homo. That is basic. They have such no homo energy. It, it is really gross the way yeah. that they do that, that it's it's basically, it's fine to have a why choose romance that includes, you know, it's, it's a poly relationship, but it's one directional where they are all they in a relationship, relationship with, her. with her. It's fine if they don't also have relationships with each other, but you don't have to point it out in a way that makes it feel fucking gross about yeah, that, like about having that. If, yeah, if that's it's what real you, shame. It's like, yeah. oh, swords don't cross. Like that's fine. No one fucking cares. We would look past that, but yeah, but you have to hear it at least twice, yeah, and then there's like another moment that's super like no. It feels like a, it feels in the very no homo. Yeah, it, which is it's just fucking gross. Yeah. So and also, um, everyone in this especially in the first part of the book, they're just like fucking, the phrase leaping is used so much. Like Roxy's <laughs> leaping out at them. The guys are leaping out at her. Like I was like, it's just, I'm just imagining them as like little leapfrogs with boners. It's just like jump scares everywhere. Just hitting the other, like you're just leaping over and hitting the guy in the head with your boner. I would love to see it. 
So as punishment for trying to escape, Roxy has to go to work with Diesel, which just means going into the basement with him and watching him torture people who have betrayed the Vipers. And while she's watching him work, I... Can I quickly add, I refer to this as Torture 101 with Professor Diesel. Oh, I mean, (laughs) that is exactly what it is. Yes. Um, And she's hot for teacher because she barters. Well, she likes pain, yes. But she also barters a kiss in exchange for information on the four of the brothers. And it occurs in the middle of Diesel torturing a man. But strangely, or not, I guess, given everything we've, you know, brought up to this point this bonds them because roxy's not like other girls she gets off on pain diesel is a sadist for sure so they are sort of a good pairing um he also is uh and again this is a literal quote from this book i'm your worst nightmare yes it's like sometimes it's like a cartoony villain sometimes this book reads like a like it's written by a teenage boy for for teenage boys yes Absolutely. Yeah. Also, uh, Roxy smells like whiskey and sex because of fucking course she does. She's yeah, not that's like very other girls. Boy. So she goes back to the rest of the boys and find that they went shopping for her and they brought back fancy new clothes and expensive makeup. And she's immediately like, well, I hate money and I and being given things for free. But, oh, I really like these things. Like, I love oh, yeah, expensive this, makeup brands. This time she doesn't even fight it. No. My favorite thing is that they give her pajamas and even her fucking pajamas are ripped. Because she's so like, dark and edgy. Pajamas. Yeah. She's I, such a cool girl. We fucking get it, girlfriend. We do. Ugh, I was like, more surprised she doesn't sleep naked. But, you know, that actually, I right? see him. Like not a, that there's not anything that, deviant about that. Again, that, that's but a, I just mean, that, you know, that yeah. feels like on brand for her. It does. Yeah, I was to like, do. I, I was like, if that was a call out for her, I would. it would be a self call out. So it was, it was no shade <laughs> to Roxy this time. No. Um, but also, like, one of the things earlier in the book that it says is that Roxy, her one vice is like a nice set of matching underwear, like bra and panties, which... The irony of just being like, my one vice when literally the, like the next paragraph talks about how her apartment is littered with beer bottles and shit like yeah. that. I was like, oof. It's oof. Yeah. But but yeah, and but this time she doesn't actually really put up a fight about no. being given stuff. She will a little bit later on. But this time when she just comes in and there's gifts for her, she makes a comment about how like, oh, actually, maybe um, maybe I won't really try to fight if I could like get this nice makeup or something like that like she makes some kind of like joke to herself about like oh uh, because I put a note about like oh I guess all it takes to win her over is some torture and expensive makeup apparently because she goes and rubs one out to the thought of them right after this yes and (laughs) then she uses the most offensive fucking phrase that I've ever read in my life dipping my fingers in my cream in the words of, again, our friend Alex, this astral projects me straight into hell. To double quote I... Alex, or to triple quote him, this made me want to pass the fuck away. <laughs> Alex, this episode is dedicated to you. My cream. I don't think I've ever hated hate. something so much. And I looked up, the I control f this fucking book to see how many times she oh, uses it. Give us the cream count, Kelsey. 17 goddamn times she uses the phrase my cream or the to to reference her own arousal 
fucking end me. Yeah, like, ugh, I just have such I, a visceral, like, negative reaction to that phrase. I also was doing a personal cream count, so I was, like, in a notebook writing down how many... One, I was counting leaps and how many creams, but I only got to 12, so I'm glad that you did. Uh, I, I tried to control F it, but it was giving me, like, when I looked up scream, it was also including... Uh, or cream it was also including scream oh yeah it'd be a so, lot more if that were yeah case, given the amount of torture in this book but yeah it's uh i don't know i i've heard arousal be described as a lot of things including honeydew which is also not my favorite <laughs> yeah that one but is cream is the one that i'm just like don't call it a dairy product honestly cream makes me long for honeydew call your gynecologist yes if, like that's to me i'm like is it supposed to also imply that it's creamy like to me that just says girl maybe there's something wrong like you got a yeast infection <laughs> time for some vagicil honey <laughs> like before you're getting like all four dicks just make sure your ph yeah. is good down there like clean that shit up yes <laughs> so anyway <laughs> oh my god uh the next day after after all of this uh Roxy is once again being babysat by Kenzo. Mm -hmm. And this time, because Kenzo's only personality trait is that he likes to gamble, they decide, decide to do a little gambling for Roxy's freedom. But don't and, forget that Kenzo can't be beat, so guess where this is yeah, going. Yeah, we know where this is going. Uh, Roxy chooses to play flip cup for her freedom, which is not something I've read before, I must admit. No, it, uh, it is unique. Because she's not like other girls. Yeah. <laughs> she drinks beer. But of course, she No loses. other woman in the history of well, humanity has drank, drank a beer. No. Not Just me. Roxy. Right now, drinking one to get through this fucking episode. <laughs> not me having one in the fridge as a reward for myself once we finish this episode. See, you're stronger than I am. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, she... I'm trying to be slightly nicer to this book. Um, I figured if I was drunk, it, I would be no too mean, barred, which yeah, is fair. probably saying a lot because I don't think I'm being nice at all. <laughs> uh, so she loses. Kenzo flashes his dick to distract her, and it's yeah, what I think makes she, her lose the she final. Flash a titty first, yeah, she and then he flashes. So they're playing his dick dirty, and, yeah. Because he's, um, he's in joggers, which you know I appreciated that. I oh yeah, appreciate I love, a hot guy in joggers. Oh yeah, it's Grace Wet season. Yeah. Uh, so. After this, they continue gambling and they play a little guess the number with the dice that Kenzo always has on him because he is, to quote, cute is what we aim for, shallow as a shower. <laughs> and uh, he's just a one-dimensional caricature of a bookie slash gambler. Yeah, with uh, a bad and, fashion sense, and tacky fashion. He look, he dresses like a magician in yeah, Vegas. He, he dresses like fucking Chris Angel. He does! <laughs> <laughs> So, but Roxy continues to lose because the Vipers can't be beat, and now she's losing her clothing as well. And that's when they kind of get right down to hate fucking. Well, first thing, and he eats this, her out, which I feel like it starts out like, it seems like it's going well because he eats her out and she's into Which that. you know we appreciate yes. the fuck out of. But this is what I fucking hated. The dubious consent here Ugh. went too far on the dubious side because she says either get on with it or fuck off, but then immediately says get the fuck off me. Yeah, and, if, and me, is physically fighting not him. like non consensual. No, after the the couch and she starts leaving and he doubles down and chases her. Like as the reader, we see Roxy hate him and also be into it. So in her 
based on what we get as the reader, we know she's into it, but she's, he doesn't. Kenzo does not know any of this. And he's like, oh, I know you want me, even though you are literally saying no. And I fucking hate yeah. that. What he, does that say about Kenzo? Yeah. And this, like, well, and also, no Ken, means no. And Kenzo is supposed to be the romantic one. Like everyone's like, oh, he's the so- he's the softer one. He's the romantic one. He's the one he, that wins her over first. So he also says this really classy quote of, he was going to be nice and wear a condom, but he's not going to anymore as punishment. Oh, so yeah. I, this is the only time birth control is discussed, by the way. Yeah, that's uh, it. The single single moment. So this is, I, I get that it's a dark romance. I like dark romance, but this was too far down the sexual predator pipeline for me personally. Same. And then Diesel really... Well, well before you get into that, I was like, I, I have in my notes, because there's a, a little, all of a sudden there's a line in it that where Roxy thinks to herself like, oh, well, I'm not saying no, so it's okay. But again, she's only thinking this. So I have in my note that literally says, are we really expected to believe that that even with her physically fighting him and cursing him to get off of her, that because she hasn't explicitly said the word no, that this isn't rape? To me, I was like, this is a rape scene that you just made me read. And it read to me more like it was written. And then the author looked back and was like, oh, fuck, I didn't actually want that to... I wrote a rape scene, but I didn't want it to be a rape scene, so I'm yes. going to throw in this one throwaway line about not saying no and this is to make it not, quote-unquote, quote not a rape scene. And, and I was like, that that failed for me because this was firmly non-con for me. Exactly. There's, there's a difference between consensual and non-consent where you have established safe words or it's clear to both parties that you... That yeah, saying like, no, you still mean yes because of established yes. relationship and like communication communication beforehand. This wasn't that. This was I like I agree with you. I think it sounds like she backtracked. Yeah. And then Diesel walks in on them at the very <sighs> end of it and watches them fucking. And he's reflecting on what he saw later and confronts Roxy about it. And he says he's trying to confirm that she's into it. And he says, no, don't lie to me, little bird. I saw your face. You wanted it, but let's go back. Did you say no, I ask? She doesn't get to make Kenzo feel like he took her without consent. It would wreck him. He's good like that. He's good like that. That phrase enraged me. I, my notes is literally just like a bunch of fucking cursing faces because the, I literally was like, nope, can't make Kenzo feel like a rapist for raping her. The bar God for these forbid. men already, just for not being pieces of shit, was on the ground. But K.A. Knight brought a fucking shovel because yeah. he's good like that. Oh. I will never recover from this. And I can never hear this phrase without being full of just, just rage. Just acid. Yeah. Moving on, though, uh, because I guess we have to yes. <laughs> to get through this shit. Ryder, while all of this shit is happening, Ryder is trying to track down an assassin, and he needs a forger. And Roxy, because she owns a dive bar, happens to know one. So we get to see a little road trip out to see Tiny, who is named ironically. <laughs> and because <laughs> between... Between Ryder obsessing over his brother fucking Roxy in the hallway floor of the apartment and then threatening to shoot Tiny in the head if he insults Roxy again, which is basically their love language, uh, we see that in the, like, two or three days that she's been with them, maybe she's not owned by the Vipers. Maybe, like, they're starting to think of her as their own and not property. 
because they all want to bone her because she's yes, so hot. She's the most beautiful, naturally beautiful woman they've ever seen their entire life. She's With not like hair. other girls. No. <laughs> uh, and then they're ambushed on the way out of Tiny's apartment, uh, and they get into a shootout, but no one gets hurt because the Vipers can't be beat. And Roxy is apparently also a crack shot with a handgun. Yeah. yeah so somehow. all is well. Yeah, she, it, well, she see <laughs> since she saves Gary, it really is like ooh turning point. Yes. And then everyone's whining because they're hungry after getting into a gunfight. So, Which, of course, like, no, no consequences. Nobody is oh, even winged. They don't why even, would like, there be? It's like, it's like they're in a fight with the stormtroopers where they like, just can't hit anything. Right? Oh, my God. So... Once they're back in the car, uh, they decide to stop at Rizzo's, which is an upscale Italian restaurant. It's owned by, I think, what, like a former assassin? And like pretty much everyone in there is an assassin. Yes. Um, and all of that, we get another Not Like Other Girls moment from Roxy because oh, she don't worry, orders. I have, the, I have the order. Oh, please tell us. Tell us the order. And let's, I cannot emphasize enough, this is an upscale Italian restaurant that it's is not the literally Olive Garden. put into this book to tell you that it's an upscale Italian restaurant. And Roxy's order is um, a double bacon cheeseburger with cheese fries, garlic bread, and wedges. Wedges and cheese fries. They're both, fr- they're just different kinds of fries. I guess she gets the garlic bread because something has to be Italian. I- but everyone orders fucking burgers. I think even on the way there... I, one of them is like, oh, they ha- I love their burgers. Why the fuck would you even bother making it an upscale Italian restaurant if no one's going to order any fucking pasta or anything remotely <laughs> Italian except for fucking garlic bread? I make like, it make sense. Like, it's a diner. Like, just make it a fucking diner. She also orders one of the fries in American English and one in British English. And the British slang is kind of used to, like... It kind of ebbs and flows. Yeah, in I can tell. I, I have I, a note that says, like, is this book, are they supposed to be British? Like, I think so. Just, I think so. But it, the only one that's not consi- abundantly clear. Yeah, the only one that is the most consistently, like, quote unquote, British is Ryder, only because of the fact that he calls her love. Yeah. Like, but that's it. So I'm sorry to the British people. If- this, this, I uh, think K.A. Knight is British, actually. Oh, really? I couldn't confirm. I think she might be, though. Well. Um, but, yeah, like, she eats, like, of course, she eats, like, a eight-foot-tall, like, athlete teenager and still has the perfect body. I, make it make sense. Also, make it make sense that Kenzo and all of them, really, are constantly cutting off her undergarments instead of taking them off like normal people. And he does it here before finger-fucking her under the table while Diesel jerks off into a napkin beside them at an upscale Italian restaurant. And Ryder and Garrett are just watching, if anyone is wondering. But but they've all got boners because, again, they're just all just... I can't believe they're not just, like, passing out from, like, blood (laughs) loss. (laughs) But then, well, after that classy moment, we get to another thing that just drove me crazy, which, of course, after this, because, again, they just were shot at. And instead of just going home to figure out what the fuck is going on, they went out for to go to eat. Yes. Because they're, like, teenagers fresh from a concert at 12 in the morning, stopping at, like, Wendy's. But Go to White Castle. But they go here, and, like you said before, they go to Rizzo's, and Rizzo is either a current assassin or a former assassin. But... It is specifically pointed out that the restaurant is full of assassins. There's assassins everywhere. And then Rizzo comes up and tells them, like, hey, I just want you guys to know 
there's a hit out on you. Everybody knows about it. Everyone's talking about it. So just leave through the back door. No so one's going to do. take them up on it and over they, yep, they, Pasta Primavera. Yeah, they, they, they leave through the back door and it's fine. None of this restaurant full of assassins bothers following them. It, like, I would be such a good villain. I would be such a good villain. We'd I would be efficient. have taken them all out so hard. Like, what else is like magic back door? Like, it's the fucking wardrobe to narnia and they just <laughs> like just make it make sense like i, can't. I don't even understand I wish what I could. was the point of having a restaurant full of assassins and then having this hit and then there's just no consequences to just it for, it's like a perfect opportunity for some cool drama and just no it's for roxy to get finger blasted at the dinner table yeah that was the purpose of this i think oh god uh but then after this they yes. drop Roxy off at the apartment, and the boys head out to kill 20 bad guys. And again, all because of these of fights course. are boring as shit, because there's no stakes and nothing is ever difficult for them. Yeah, and there's like some they're random too powerful. Yeah, there's too, too much torture money. porn. Yeah, it's just, I, I'm sorry. I try, I do honestly try, even if I don't love something, to point out the things that I think are done well. But this is just abysmally structured, written, and delivered. And it's inconsistent as shit. And I, I'm struggling here. To be a light. I really just... You know it's a lot when even Kelsey is like, I can't even find anything. I'm struggling to be nice. But like, like you it's so... so <laughs> it, like even like here, Roxy is drooling over Ryder's tattoos in one chapter. And then as soon as they get home from this fight to go till, kill the 20 bad guys, he rolls up his sleeves and she noticed that he has tattoo sleeves that go down to his wrist. And she said she wasn't expecting this. You literally just saw it. Yeah. You were expecting this. We know. It's been revealed to us. Why is this happening? The book, like, is just begging it's, for an editor. She's just, it just as, needs to be edited so badly. That it, or Roxy is as dense as the baseball bat that she loves so much. Which actually is probably more accurate. <laughs> so, but, but no, I, but she's not like other girls. So she's just so much smarter and she can do anything. She's so talented. What am I talking well, about? Well, yeah, because she then she beats the guards at poker. And then uh, the boys have to break the guards' hands and cut out his tongue for calling her a bitch. And I just could not care less about these people the shit that they were doing because yeah. of stuff like like Ryder claims to then be falling in love with her in the next chapter and it's seriously it's like less than a week since they took her and I just and wrote shut the fuck up unbearable and nasty right like she hasn't even like, said anything remotely like funny or witty or charming like and you know what kills me he's punishing her for being disobedient and that brat brat tamer energy is i eat that shit up it is so much fun to read about to get people that push each other and like i could not get into it here and there's like more inconsistency here because Ryder, this is like getting into their, their you know spicy time. scene and he describes her legs as long and lean and then literally in the next paragraph says she has thick thighs like who i assume no one edited this book because yeah. A single reader would have caught shit like this. And can we just take a moment? I mean, you caught it. You caught it. I've now read this like, book far too many times, though. Yeah, so. I can't believe you You deserve, a, like, a Nobel Peace Prize or something. <laughs> but th this also brings us to this beautiful piece of internal monologue um, from Ryder where he says, 
this never happens. I always make sure they come at least three times before I do. But with Roxanne, I can't help myself. This isn't a chore. Something to tick off my list as to sate my body. I want her with every fucking fiber of my being. So much it hurts. I want to paint my seed across her chest and into my bite marks. I want to take every inch of her body with my tongue and cock, but that will come later. For now, I want to fill her and I can't hold back anymore. Tell me you've never made a woman come without telling me you've never made a woman come. If you have to explicitly say how many times you make women come, you've never made a woman come. Because you don't have sex for pleasure. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) And if that sounded like a trash can full of run-on sentences, it's because it was. And the entire book is that way. It's an endless stream of consciousness from idiots. From truly the most unlikable people I have that have ever been imagined oh, by another human. They're awful. Well, even like, so the like her this first scene with Ryder, everything like on paper, it's stuff that I'm like, ooh, in the right context, I would be super into this. Yes, like, she kind of baits him into fucking her, and then he spanks her with the belt. He makes her crawl to him, and then she's like riding him, and then they're like fucking and cuddling, and so. Like there's there were certain elements of like this like domination like brat kind of brat tamer thing that I'm like normally I'm like oh I'm super into this but because these characters were so unlikable and unbearable I just couldn't even get into it like I it was, was like, hard to I, like the spice yeah like, like, I thought if nothing spi- else I have this no also just the amount of times that like they go down on her and you know that is my favorite thing Kelsey it's my favorite I thing know. when women get eaten out <laughs> and and they do it a lot in this book and even that I was like it's hard to enjoy oh, you're ruining it Ugh. stop it well they they also say shit like in their sex scenes where like several of them reference flicking her clit at one point <laughs> yeah and i just i can't imagine that sounds like it's like flicking someone's nose like that yeah. can't feel good I, she likes pain so you never well, know that's true maybe i'm not thinking about this from like her perspective but i'm just like but that doesn't seem like something that would like really like tip you over the edge into like really? orgasm but maybe what do i know maybe i'm too vanilla maybe you need to get your clit flicked <laughs> Also, I have a quick note that says, of course, this book also uses the word seed. <laughs> because I know that I knew that would set you off. As if cream uh, wasn't bad enough, yeah. then they also had to call it their seed. Um, uh, but yes, then we go off to watch um, Mad Dog Fight. So we get to see <laughs> Mad Garrett. Dog 2020. They literally, uh, and also, um, <laughs> and of course, like Roxy's like super into it and her, her pussy pulses. Yes, of course, her traitorous pussy. Yeah. Uh, so we go to Garrett's underground fights, and it's it's the same thing that we see happen a thousand more times in this book, yeah. where someone either insults or propositions Roxy. The dudes get insanely jealous and possessive, even though everyone hates each other. And then the person that did the insulting or propositioning is murdered or beat up or something. Yeah, there's you know, so there's so much bloat in this book. It's absolutely ridiculous. So the book is. I kept getting stuck on 638 pages, but it's actually like 658 pages. And it's just so many chat. Like, it's not a lot of originality in the book. Like, for some of the spicy things, which we're going to get into soon, like, there are some original things. Oh, for sure. But for the majority of the plot or things that happen in this book, it's not very original. And it's not even original within the book itself because like you said there's so many chapters that just repeat and there's like so it's just like same 
scenarioed like different background. I think I, I can't remember if I do it in episode two. So this might be a double thing that you're hearing, like a JC Penny, like, like you're going to get your photo taken at JC Penny. Yes, they yeah, just, you do you're in the same outfit, but they change the background. Maybe there's like a floating head of you next to your full body, but yeah, like or she. So that happened, like, she goes, she insults, someone insults Roxy, and someone gets big man, they beat her up. Also, she meets someone, says something really, imba- like, unbearable and just classless, <sighs> yeah. and then the person will go, oh, I like her, keep her around, and it's, it's exhausting. It is, it's just, we, it's why the book is so bloated, I think, because it's we just get the same, like you said, it's, we just retrace old steps a lot. Yeah. So... While these guys are at the fight, Ryder and Kenzo are then out trying to figure out who's been betraying them and leaking information to the triad, since that's literally the only other crime family that's mentioned at this Mm -hmm. point in the book. And we get more of Kenzo rolling dice across his knuckles using whatever black magic is required to make that happen. And then both he and Ryder have very rude thoughts about every woman that they're – that they have – you know, a sight line to that isn't Roxy because they have plastic surgery or they wear heavy makeup and it's just exhausting. Yeah. And half the shit they're mad about, Roxy does, but it just doesn't count when it's her because she's edgy and cool and she wears kick-ass yeah, boots. She's and like, not like other girls, so how could it matter? Also, while they're out and about, though, this is actually something that made me laugh. I don't know if it was supposed to, but they, they take the time to stop and get her more jewelry. And I quote, Oh, she yeah. needs more of those sexy bras and for sure some more of those boots. They are hot as hell. Oh, we should buy her some weapons. I don't know what store carries all of those things because they only go to one place, but I would love to know if anyone out there knows. Is it Costco? Like, where are they at? Yeah, where can you get guns, jewelry, lingerie? <laughs> like, like, it's a one stop shop for like just a mall? for mobsters. <laughs> just a yeah. Mall? Or is it just like their own? Do they have a mall within their giant fucking like penthouse Probably. That, that they own? I even put like, why was 90% of this chapter needed? It's completely useless. You also, this is where you get your first no homo uh, comment because Kenzo says to Ryder, I don't mind sharing, but I'm not crossing swords with you. And I literally just put the literary equivalent of no homo, but also your brothers. So it was implied, like we just assumed that you guys weren't going to fuck each other. Yeah, I didn't but think I guess this book thanks was- for clarifying that there's no incest in this, I guess. I, I didn't a think the pl- plus for no incest, which yeah, that's not my thing. So I was that's look at I said two nice things. But look at you about this book. A shining light over there. Yeah, it's we didn't think the book was that taboo. I don't think anyone was like, oh, are yeah. they gonna like, you know, stuff each other and then her? It's just they could have just you could have left that out and it and then like you said, it doesn't have this like icky, like there's nothing wrong with those relationships. Like why it makes it feel like you're saying that it is like there is something yes, wrong there. Yes, exactly. Like it, it like go. It's like it's like it goes. It's like it goes out of its way to be like, oh, we're not doing this, so we're gonna shame you if you wanted this. Yes. Yeah. Um, but also, so then back at the penthouse, Roxy is again like provoking the dudes into fucking her, yes. and Garrett goes like full again. He still hates women. Yes. So. And he really wants to fuck Roxy because they all want to fuck Roxy. But he's still, he's not there yet. But what he will do is rip off her shorts and tie her arms with his shirt. And then 
face fuck her. Your favorite. And so I, my note is this whole book is so offensive to me. I'm not even phased by the face fucking. <laughs> Although this scene. That's saying something. I mean, this face fucking is probably the prime example of why I'm not into it. Because he literally like leaves her mouth like bleeding. Because it's entirely one-sided. Yeah. And, yeah. and it, I was like, to me, I'm like, it always seems one-sided, but this one in particular, I'm like, that's that's yeah. why. What are you like? What pleasure are you getting out of just ripping someone lips lips open with your like? Ugh, ugh gross. I, but and again, I I was like, oh, whatever. It's face fucking. <laughs> yeah, that book. This book well, broke me, and we we're only like twenty five chapters in. Well, similarly, uh, while that is happening, Diesel is also torturing someone for information in his dungeon, and Roxy prances down there to help him, and. Diesel kind of, like, quickly dispatches this man and then trusses Roxy up to play with her instead. And can I just tell you the erotic whisperings of this maniac? My fucking God. He says shit like, (laughs) You must. What shall we start with, little bird? I can carry on with the knife because there has been some light knife play up to this point. Yes, that was how he, like, first discovered she liked pain. He, like, watched her sleep and was like... Into this, but not with Diesel. No, um, but then Diesel's he says, the worst. I have visions of it against your pierced clit as my tongue fucks your channel. Don't call it that. Please don't call it your channel. I don't it's, know why. I just don't this, like that. I don't like that either. This book somehow uses every phrase for like arousal or like genitals and just anything that I hate. It's all in one book. Yeah. Uh, this is also where we see that not only does he have a Prince Albert piercing, which totally cool, nothing against pierced genitals, but he also has flames tattooed up his dick and onto his hips. Because of course he does. And he says it is a reminder of how easily we can all fall, which I don't personally think makes uh, much sense. But who am I to judge other people's tattoo choices? Diesel is the crazy one, so he doesn't have to make sense. That but oh yeah, it's he his chapters. I Roxy's were a hundred percent the most painful for me to mm-hmm. read, but Diesel's are very close second. Yeah, it's just and from here on, it's basically just a relay race of torture porn where he cuts her up a little bit and then he's fucking her with a knife handle while she's chained to the ceiling and dangling above a pool of not her blood because the dude that he dispatched earlier still dead in the corner. Yeah, and uh, then Diesel does something. That doctors do not recommend you do. And we don't is, recommend it either. Yes. Uh, he shoves the knife handle into her ass. Un, her unprepped ass. Yes. By her the way. unlubed, unprepped ass. And there is, no, like, it's just a fucking blunt edge. And your asshole has suction. There's a reason that, like, toys for your ass have a flange at the bottom. And it's so it doesn't get sucked up there entirely. <laughs> Yeah. And this dude just shoves a knife handle into her butthole. Yeah, he does. And then he fucks her from behind and stabs himself while doing so. And I know, I realize I probably sound insane on this episode, but it's because I've now had to talk about this twice. Yeah. And I, I don't... You read it twice and then we had to talk about... Actually, this is the third time we're talking about this book. Oh my God. I just... Because again, I, we, who reco- am we I recorded anymore? episode one, technical difficulties, technology betrayed us. And now we're doing it. And now it. we're redoing it. 
So again, when you get to episode two, we apologize if there's anything we're repeating. But at least the knife butt fucking, we're not telling that again because spoiler, it doesn't. It only happens once. Yes, uh, in the story. And this whole thing, it has to be a real small knife because, and I'm not sure the mechanics actually make sense. It's one thing that I think. She does actually say, like, oh, it's a small knife. Yeah, it's only getting... like an inch or two, but still, like, I'm like, that's gonna do some damage. Yeah, I, what do I know? I'm not a doctor, but, but this does, the Roxy passes Diesel's test. Yeah, and also this. physically, I think, like, you had had a note that it doesn't really physically make sense because she's tied up, she's trussed up vertically, yeah. and he's, I mean, he, he's getting, he's fucking her from behind, so he's getting up under her, but I'm just not sure how the, the knife out of the ass. Into then then he's fucking her and the knife is fucking him effectively. Uh, they're both entering each other in very different ways. Double, I'm not sure new, that it, it's a new the, way to describe double penetration. I it, well, the oh, spoilers. The only DP we get in this book, much <laughs> to my fucking chagrin, Roxy doesn't even get the DP. I I'll die mad about that. Yeah, I will too. I per, I do prefer in my wide shoes. I prefer like a poly mess like i just want all of you getting like sloppy with each other i i love it i, <laughs> I want you all fuck i want the like like you all just fucking well even <laughs> I, I mean i guess we'll get to it when we get to like the group scenes but yeah i just that's when when we have that many love interests i'm like i want the swords group to cross. scene yeah group scene group, group scene. scene like but Alas. Cross those swords. Cross those swords. <laughs> so uh, Roxy passes Diesel's test, and she's rewarded with a bunch of jewelry that looks like snakes. And I love a theme here, but this is really giving, look what you made me do. Uh, like, literally all of the jewelry that they give her is snake-themed. and and That's so much like maybe jewelry. Maybe one or two significant pieces would be cool because yes. they're called the Vipers. But this was a lot of overkill. They do nothing by halves. Like, the they, Vipers do nothing by halves. They give her a gun with the word Vipers girl etched onto the side, which I oh, hope yeah. she's not doing crimes with that because it would be super easy to trace it back to her. Kelsey, they cannot be beat. They run this town. Uh, They've got everyone in their pocket <laughs> so they can just, she can just do whatever the fuck she wants never mind carry on doing crimes i guess this was i put about this chapter where they give her all these gifts and then this is when she's like oh she like puts up a fight like oh i I can't believe i've never received a gift like i don't want i don't want you to just buy me things you think you could just buy me things i want to earn it blah 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 but i just put that this was a bloated waste of time again (laughs) and then this was where i tell me how you really feel i officially started skimming at parts I mean, um, but to be fair, I didn't really skim that much. Mostly, uh, writers' chapters. If you, fun fact, if you think you need to skim this book, writers' chapters are the easiest to skim. Yeah, I mean, skim the whole thing, in my opinion. But, yeah, you know, he's just do you know, do he, what you want. His his eyes are filled with ice, and Roxy's melting them, and that's basically every chapter. Yeah, and here's some stuff about how both our dads are shitty. That's carrying on. Yes, <laughs> which to so, be fair, that's like all of them too, but. True. Yeah. No, no one had a good upbringing. So post gift giving, uh, Garrett takes Roxy to the shooting range that's in the building, which I blocked out entirely from my memory, apparently. And then Diesel gets a tattoo of a bird over his heart, which freaks Roxy out. 
For, that's what for, freaks her out. Yeah, that's yeah, what freaks not her the out. Not the knife in the ass. Not her. Not him fucking her while there was a knife in her ass and it stabbed him. That uh, the, the bird tattoo was too much. But to process that, she goes and takes a nap because she's written with zero hobbies. Anytime she's alone, and she just bored. goes to sleep. Yes. Yeah, she's like bored all the fucking time. Um, but to to help with that boredom, Kenzo takes her. To one of his casinos. Well, I think before Or this, no, to a gambling place in general. I think first, like, she goes to Ryder's office. And then it's like a... Kind of like I said, the long stuff about Ryder. See, you probably skimmed it too because <laughs> his are the most skimmable. <laughs> and he goes, like, to his office. And then she goes, like, on her knees and gives him a blowjob while he's on the phone. And then he's, like, fucking her on the phone and more fucking. And he leaves his phone at the office because he's just so into her and she's just not like other girls so he can actually forget working for once this is how big and bloated this book is i forgot about spicy scenes that should tell you everything There's you so need many. to know there are some why choose spice scenes that i'll never forget about and i frequently forget about the ones that happen in this book so yeah. do with that i mean what after you will. again after the knife butt scene it's <laughs> A lot of like, well, there's blow- some I'll never sorry, forget phone, too. Like to a phone fair. sex blowjob is really like, <laughs> yeah, whatever. It's real tame. You're like, yeah, whatever. Uh, Who? What is this? So then, but then they go to the gambling yes, party. So then we're the, yeah, and here Roxy is just a, a huge prolapsed asshole. I said she's consistently the fucking worst, but everyone just tells her that they like her. But the thing is, she's written as supposed to be making these like witty cutting remarks to these stuffy rich people in here. But see, she says shit like, don't worry, your wife won't care. She'll be just as disgusted in her pearls as you are to have your boring ass vanilla sex while dust escapes your old bones. Or what are you laughing at, Karen? We all know you lie on your back for those jewels. Like, one, aren't you doing that too? Yeah, but also who, kettle, honey. Also, who gives a single fuck? Like Ken, Kenzo's like, oh, she's so clever and witty and funny, and she has a brain. But like, does she? Yeah. Because that first comment, what that was just like a rambling, incoherent thought. And the second one, she's just accusing like she these dudes literally just gave her an ass ton of jewelry, yeah, shaped like snakes, uh, because they're all fucking her. Yeah, and like, and also it's like you're insulting this woman that laughed at the joke you made. And also, like, who what? cares if they're if that's how they get them? Who gives a single fuck? Yeah, I just I she just sucks. I don't know. She sucks these so these hard. men constantly have boners because everything she does is incredible. And maybe they have so, a condition. She's awful. Like, maybe she's they just, have a condition. Maybe they're just like overly sensitive. But is that a thing? <laughs> maybe. But he fucks her in a broom cupboard, and honestly, I've never cared about anything less. Again, very well, skimmable well, the, sex the, scenes after all of this. One of the quotes is, they'll never have what we do, realness. Uh, just, I hope not. I hope uh, no one has what you do. Vomit. And then, you know, and then post-coital, he takes her to his mother's grave because he's the because romantic one. he's the soft one. one. Yeah. yeah, he's the soft boy. And, <laughs> and uh, when they get home and go to bed... Uh, oh, and he says Garrett he loves her. Oh, he, he, he does. loves her. <laughs> Again, <laughs> things I just grave. totally blocked out. Yeah. I uh, almost blocked it out, and then I was skimming my notes and saw it in there. I was like, oh, yeah, I guess he does do that. <laughs> so uh, then they get home and go to bed, but then Garrett has a nightmare about the woman who tortured him and destroyed his chest. And Roxy wakes him up, and they start to work through his touch aversion. And in theory, I should love this. This is it, – it could be really sweet, but I've spent 300 pages being tortured by this yeah. book, well, and I just couldn't 
I at this point, it's I'm too far gone. I can't be emotionally invested in a single thing here. Because I think also it's the over there's like the oversimplification of Garrett's trauma yes. to the phrase "you hate women" makes it partic- like it makes it hilarious when it really shouldn't be. Yeah, because he actually like it is a fucking horrible thing that happened to him. Like he was really like his ex fiance. I think she tied him up or chained him up and basically skinned him alive like she she was fucking Ramsey Bolton. Yeah, it's real fucked up. And of course, of course he has post-traumatic stress from that experience, but it's chalked up to, oh, Garrett's a misogynist. Oh, I understand why you hate women. Yeah. You really hate women. And they do have their, again, I try really hard to say nice things when nice things are due. There's a part in the scene where Roxy says, so if I do shit wrong, if I trigger you or anything, speak. Let me know. Let us know how we can help in any way because they want to. Your brothers, they are reaching for you, trying to understand how they can protect you, help you, as am I. You have to decide whether you can let us. Why couldn't the whole book have been – again, it's still full of run-on sentences and it's hard to read. But just – this is good. This is good character development, but it's the only development that we will get pretty much this entire time. Yeah, and but then I think usually, like, she usually backtracks on things. So, like, she'll say something like this, and then, like, the next paragraph, she'll, like, lose her temper and just be like, oh, well, just, like, just shut the fuck up, quit whining and fuck me or something yeah. like that. Like, it's... Well, and he does, and she finally yes. goes four for four with the Vipers. Yeah, um, she, she learns that she can't be... Basically, all it takes is that she just can't be on top. So, he chains her... Her hands to the headboard and fucks her. That's all it took. Again, and then he's over it. He's cured. Again, things I would be into. Roxy's magical, pu- d- magical pussy. I just... Her cream cured him. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Why I, would you do that? Why? I apparently like pain as much as Roxy. <laughs> but that's that really brings us to the halfway point of this book. Yeah. And and I, I feel like we're get, we're waiting until the end to do the full review. So this is really just, you know, our middling thoughts <laughs> as we read. But if you have made it this far. Congratulations. And thank you for yes. sticking with us. It's it's been a wild journey and we're only fifty yeah, percent of the way there. There's so much more to come. Don't worry, you don't have to wait very long because we will be back on September eighth to finish out this bad boy. And, uh, you know, as always, we we love and appreciate you. And don't let anyone make you feel bad about the shit you like to read, even if it's this. Yeah, it's like, because we... <laughs> just because we don't like we it, just because it's not for us. And again, this is the second time we're recording part one. So apologies in advance if we unintentionally repeated any conversation things because we... Didn't even get to do our normal listen through like we normally do. Yeah, we're a bit um, of a we're a bit of a mess over here. So yeah, and I'm double thanks for this one. And also, I I think that we were meaner on the second time <laughs> because we were probably also bitter that we had to re-record this and talk about this book again. Yeah, probably. So, but we hope to see you. We hope with- we at least made you laugh. Yes, if nothing else, I have enjoyed talking about this and laughing with you, and I hope that um, it has been enjoyable for anyone listening as well. But um, until next time, uh, read what you love and and fuck fuck the the rest. rest. If you enjoyed Shelf Pleasure, 
please feel free to bookmark us on social media. You can follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, or like our page on Facebook at Shelf Pleasure Pod. For questions, concerns, or recommendations on future books, please email us at shelfpleasurepod at gmail.com.